0: and Wagon podcast. This is your host Chuck Chakuri and we will talk about how to choose a blockchain tech stack or a platform. I'm here with Brian Engel who shares with me the same enthusiasm for blockchain technologies. I want to remind our listeners that if you want to join the conversation add yourself to the caller queue and you will be invited to speak. Hey Brian, how is it going?
1: Hey Chuck, good, good, good. good. Just uh, fighting off a cold here, but, uh, you know, blockchain gets me excited. I'm all pumped up. I love this stuff.
0: Yeah. So today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, one of the things, the reason I brought this topic and uh, was I've been talking to a lot of people lately who are trying to develop something and all of them had this question. What is better? Ethereum, IBM, Hyperledger, why can't I do Coda? Why can't I do Solana? So there seems to be a lot of choices and options and considerations uh, people have to make and when i picked uh, a platform for my own product i went with ethereum right and i at that time six months ago i did some research and picked ethereum but i think today after doing a lot of research for this topic i feel more confident with my own choice. and we, we can actually discuss uh from my experience of talking to so many people on what is the right choice right uh i uh you know what did you did you have any thoughts on that or, uh
1: no there's uh you know it's uh you know obviously the right choice is is, is huge that's why you got to put a lot of time up front to understand what your business needs are and and exactly why you uh why you're moving uh, to the blockchain and what exactly you, what, what platform. Cause like you said, there's there's several to choose from and whether it's public or private or a hybrid model, uh, you know, Hey, what's, what's best case for you, you and, and your company. So, you know, I know you, uh, you have the, the technical expertise here, so I'm, I'm excited to hear about some of the, the deep dive stuff and, and why you chose, you know, you chose Ethereum and why you went that way instead of maybe a couple other ones. So, uh, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm excited. You're you're absolutely right, Ryan, because they're all very different and ultimately the choice really depends on what is your use case, what is that you're trying to do, right? And the main thing, uh, the difference is between what are the various considerations, right? Basically, uh, what, what, what I look at when I say a use case. So some of the considerations that are very important is Centralization versus decentralization. What that means is if my use case, right, needs to be no governing body, no one person to control it. Like, for example, there is an app, an app called DTube, which is like a YouTube. Okay. Right? Yep. Anybody can upload videos to it and anybody can watch it. Right. They, they don't want anybody controlling, like Google controls YouTube. They don't want anybody controlling it.
1: Right, yeah, you take it yeah.
0: right down, you know, blockchain, no. Exactly. Exactly. If it is a, a decentralized app without any controls or a Bitcoin, uh, which is a decentralized, then you would want a public blockchain, right? Uh, that is the main reason. And for us, a, a more centralized solutions where if there is a platform for a group uh, inside a company, that nobody wants to use except its own applications or its own departments, right? You don't want it to be a public blockchain. Right. You want it a totally private blockchain within the company and its partners or its branches or whatever you want it. you know, it's a network just for them. Particularly if a company is spread out across the country or across the globe, they might want a private blockchain network just for their systems, right? So- Exactly. So, uh, as, Centralization, decentralization is one criteria. And then the other one you want to see is like, who is the user, right? Uh-huh. Are machines using the system? Like, are is, is connecting to my blockchain, right? Or am I actually people connecting to the blockchain? Right. How am I getting authenticated? How am I getting identity managed and access, right? So those also like make a big difference. And then... Another important consideration is uh, customization, right? If it's a standard application, like a Dtube, again, I go back to that example, right? It's a standard video viewing sharing platform. It's pretty standard functionality. But if you have a lot of business rules and you need to a lot of customization, right? Then your choice will be different. Sure. Because what kind of a language is supported, what kind of interoperability you need, right? And then the other one is, transaction speed, right? How much transaction speed I need for my transactions, how fast data is changing on my blockchain, right? Right. And then how do I scale? How many nodes will I have, right? And then there is also token economics. Do I need tokens? Do I not need tokens, right? So these are all the things that dependent from what I found is there are five different choices today, right? One is basically the Ethereum, which is an open source, which has smart contracts. Uh, you can pretty much program anything. You can have tokenization. It has open source, but you have to build a lot on your own. That is one. Then if you don't want to do all of that for particularly a company doesn't want they can go to Amazon. Amazon has blockchain as a service. Right. right. Are, the, if you want uh, an Ethereum node that is on the public networks, you can just, with a like a few button clicks, you can get a node, right? And they've really optimized it uh, of syncing data and all of that, okay? They did something amazing on that aspect. And then they also have a predefined architecture for how to build a platform, how to build an app, right? And then you can also, with a click of a button, you can have it. And then they also came up with something called a quantum ledger database, basically a distributed ledger that you could use in your app, right? Amazon also has-
1: What's the difference between that and, and Hyperledger and all I mean, what, what's so special about that? I mean, I, about Quantum Ledger database.
0: So the Quantum Ledger database, basically a ledger database for anything is, it is a ledger. It's not just data, but it's a, a changes, right? Right. So you, yep. You're like a transaction after a transaction after a transaction after a transaction. Right. After a transaction yep. And then you link them all and that doesn't have to be in a blockchain database, right? It can be in any database, but it's a ledger, right? right. So the quantum ledger is uh, very similar to a blockchain ledger database. Uh, hmm. I, I'll, I'll get into bit, a little bit more detail when I talk about Azure blockchain as a solution. Okay, cool. so there is a, every s- s- blockchain app requires a distributed ledger. Right. So they provide one at scale. Right? So that is the Amazon choice you have. Hmm. Okay. And then other choice you have is basically Hyperledger, which is from, uh, it's an open source software on IBM. What it is, it's basically a bunch of library and tool to build any type of blockchain app that you want. And they have a very robust set of tools and libraries for various aspects of blockchain application. Right. And they also support Ethereum, ledger or a node using uh, something called a Hi- hyper ledger They started about two years ago. Okay. So that is also, if you need hyper ledger, that's also pretty cool. And they have many, many options for interoperability connecting to other s- systems or other types of networks and to scale. Okay. So hmm. Hyperledger is really well suited uh, for custom and private networks. Okay, if you have a custom or a private network, uh, hyperledger can be really a good choice. Hmm. Okay, so, and then there is two others. Azure, Microsoft Azure also has uh, a blockchain as a service, right? What here they do something interesting. They also have uh, a ledger storage, but it's not block; it's blockchain like. They say it's a blockchain-like, uh, and they call it confidential consortium net framework, right? So it's it mimics like a blockchain. It works like a blockchain, but it's not a, the same underlying infrastructure like that. They can they'll be able to get a lot of speed with that, huh. right? And uh, they basically, what makes it interesting is one of the cha- challenges is when you're building a network. Identifying people. Oh sure, right. Or identifying controls. So they have a centralized way of uh, issuing credentials to anybody who comes up. So on top of that, they build. They said you can build an app, and then, interestingly, what they did is the programming language that they use is the same as Ethereum, the most popular smart chain, uh, you know, smart contract language. Right. So they give you that same language, but then they also give you their own version of uh, ledger storage, right? So that's an interesting thing that Azure does. And it, it has its own, uh, if you already have a lot of your apps in Microsoft Azure and you need a blockchain type of app in there, right? That would be a, an ideal place to put that app on Azure. <laughs> Okay. Right? And then they have some people using it and they have uh, stories on their website that you can check to see if, it, you know, if your use case is similar to theirs, you know. And then the last one is Corda. Corda is becoming very, very popular. And it was one of the earlier, uh, older, mature platforms. What they do is basically, it's not a public blockchain. If you want to build a private permission blockchain. Right? Right. And what they also do, interestingly, is you can share data just between parties. It doesn't have to be public. Hmm. So if I'm sending some, uh, like a HIPAA document to you between a patient and a provider, you can see, you can prevent it from other people from seeing it. Right? So only the data is very private. And then what what makes that is a great uh, blockchain is uh, you can exchange assets so you can make payments easily. That's okay. a huge, uh, yeah, that's a huge, uh, yes. huge plus. Yes. So it's, so you can change assets and you can, you can change data. And what they have is similar to Azure. They have a shared identity of nodes. Identity, Like the user is the same on all the nodes, right? So no matter what node you log in, they know who you are. Right. So that's how they manage that. And then the data is also like a peer to peer network. It's really a blockchain network, but data is shared based on those identities. And then you can automate a lot of the business logic uh, with their own proprietary language. Right. So. These are your five choices. Basically, Ethereum, which is a very simple smart uh, contract, which is... uh, Huh. You know, Amazon uh, blockchain as a service, Hyperledger, IBM's, Azure, Corda. So a lot of things depends on, again, the things that we really want to look for are uh, the type of security. When I say security, blockchain by itself is secure, but identity, like, you know, can I impersonate users? Can I make sure that same user is being used across all of them? Interoperability. Right. Another interesting thing is token economics, right? The way the tokens are used, I mean, it makes sense for tokens are okay in blockchain, Bitcoin, because each Bitcoin is a token, it's a currency, right? But what is the your role of a token in a business app, right? How do you how do you use tokens in a business application? So in a business application. Tokens can be very creatively creatively used for rewarding certain transactions, right? Right. I mean, you're a reward system. For you controlling user right? behavior. Yeah, you
1: gotta have incentive. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So the one use case, like let's say, uh, every provider, right? Every payer, every insurance company has a portal for patients, and they want you to uh, sign up for your uh, Preventive care, right? Right now, they they can send you an email and they can ask you to please go visit the doctor for your preventive care. Mm -hmm. Now, if I use that at DAP, I can use tokens to reward the patients who are doing it. Right? So if you're you're using your uh, services or your preventive healthcare services, I can now reward you in tokens right right now that is not there because most of the customer reward things they have to send you a credit card or they have to send you some you know right those kind of uh, promotions right so these things can be very very useful for the, those kind of apps and so making, let
1: me ask this chuck so what did so you said you started using Ethereum about six months ago or so, decided on that side. Why did you, now that you know of, you know, several other ones, I don't know if you knew about them all at the time or in depth or, hey, Ethereum was the big one and, you know, I went with them to start with. Like, what was was your thought process there around
0: Ethereum? Yes. So what I'm building is public network with some interesting private, because I want to be able to have anybody able to access it. So it's Mm -hmm. some kind of a public network. Right. So my user base can be anywhere that I don't know. I don't want to control my user. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to tell somebody, hey, go use this. They should be able to use it. Right. Right. So Amazon, I could probably build that, but it would be more more difficult to do it. Right. It will make certain other things easy for me. Like if I use their architecture, but there's a lot of coding involved, right? And then I also have a tokens that I want to use to reward behavior for certain types right. of behavior, right? So if, say, if particularly the, the app that I'm building is a master data management. In, okay. in master data, the data is not always accurate. So I'm going to reward people who fix the master data. Hmm. And okay, naturally, or and then we also have interesting things in smart thing where I don't need this sp- speed that other platforms offer. Right, Ethereum is a little slower. Mass data is not like as fast as claims or other order transactions.
1: Right,
0: right. It changes very little. So yeah, it's a different uh, uh, problem yeah. you're looking
1: to solve. Exactly,
0: you're not yeah. looking to solve speed. Yeah. Exactly. And and then another reason Ethereum I picked Ethereum was I don't want to customize I want to make it standard mm-hmm. and I needed it to be transparent. So if it's too much customization, oh, that's a, that's uh, another
1: great point you just said was uh, too much. You know, hey, that's that's something that you don't even, even think about, right? Is hey, the the more customization, the more specialization the you know hey a different system faster either slower or faster what do i really need that goes into back to hey what what do i need right so that that's a that's a big <laughs> exactly
0: exactly and and, and 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 having developed software so much if i use any of these custom solutions like hyperledger or azure bass or um, amazon once you have the ability to customize uh-huh. then you would you would go away from simplicity you would make it more complex because i want to keep a very simple sophisticated system that is plugged into other systems right so for that ethereum is like the base you know with very simple solution simple design uh, no need for scale it has token economics right reduce the customer Customization and then increase adoption to a large audience. So for all of those reasons, Ethereum is most suited for my use case.
1: Explaining that, I just like
0: the process behind. Yes. Yeah, and then so so another thing that uh, people ask is, uh, "Hey, this is great. What about?" Platforms like uh, Bitcoin platform or a smart chain or Solana or Chainlink or Cordon, you know, Uh, there there are a lot of different networks managed by certain companies, right? So the idea there is you can still build uh, smart contracts on those and apps on those that limit access to certain Hmm. groups of people. Okay, but it's still transparent. And if you write your app, let's say on a Solana platform, or a Polkadot platform, or a Chainlink platform, or a Binance Smart Chain platform, right? You could still do a lot of that. But then what happens is, they're all slightly different. And if your token economics matches with the token economics or the scale and the speed. Those are the things that you would want to consider when you're Hmm. deploying a public DAP on a platform. Because how do I, I want to restate what I just said to make it simple. There is an application that runs on a platform, right? An application is the use case. The app, right? Mm-hmm. So, anybody can build a app on existing platforms, right? I can build an app on Ethereum mainnet, right? I can build an app on Bitcoin mainnet, right? I can, I can, I can build a bank on a Bitcoin. Sure. Platform. I can build an exchange on any of these things that connects two of them. So, there are apps out there. And those apps are actually built on some of these platforms, you know. So, so, so it it really uh, depends right. on uh, token economics at that time and scale and cost of sure the transactions right on those platforms. Uh, and then the consensus mechanisms on those platforms, if they are. Helping your use case, then Hmm. you choose those instead of building a blockchain network or anything like that.
1: Yeah, that
0: makes sense. And there are a lot lot of games out there, uh, Hmm. like a you know Web three games that are built on these platforms. Right. So basically, we have to differentiate those. uh, uh, you know, token economics. Uh, and then there's also other interesting things that you have, right? Uh, regulations. So if I'm using a particular blockchain, right, how much of a regulatory compliance can I meet that some are very regulated, right? It goes back to the type of company a lot that of, you,
1: you know, have, and, and how, you know, know and to back form. to your decision-making process. So right? They, oh.
0: Yeah. Yes. Right. And then and then also the some of these platforms like Polkadot or uh, Chainlink, they have that most of them are like, still evolving. And a lot of people are still contributing Mm -hmm. to those. And you want to see how vibrant that community is, how fast they are changing. Because if I pick a black, a blockchain platform today, and if I spend uh, six to eight months developing an app, Right. The situation is not the same. The features are not the same on the underlying platform. A lot of those things get changed. So we have... Yeah, I mean, you got to look that at... As well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's... there's, You know, a lot of... You got to figure out, hey, what, what your tech stack is, right? And all your... um, You know, hey, where's your expertise coming from, right? So you're going to need... You know, hey, yep. what project managers and blockchain developers and app developers and quality testers and all that kind of stuff. So you're... You know, again, that goes back to you know, hey, how how much customize customization you want, how much um, personal control you need, and things of that sort. That, that goes all back to the very beginning. I, I, again, it sounds easy right. to say, yeah, let's go to blockchain, but there's a, there's a lot that goes into it.
0: Exactly, and and then another thing that I, I want to say is. Whenever these apps we build on the dApp, there is a software that is written, right? That that's we call them smart contracts or chain code, that the logic for the app, right? And these smart contracts, we have to see is right. like they also vary. What type of smart contracts? Why do I need smart contracts? Right? How much customization is in this? So what do smart contracts actually do? Right? Yes, the logic. Logic means doesn't mean we have. To, if you go a di- little deeper into it, they mm-hmm. do four specific things. Okay, one is they automate. Okay, some of the mundane things, right? Like something that needs to happen, a certain transaction triggers at a certain time, right? Or some you pay something and I did a ten percent and I send it on to somebody else. So all of that automation happens, and then there is also info. Okay, so if there is a, a rule that right. needs to be followed, the smart contracts follow those rules. Okay, uh, if there is a contract, a predefined contract between two parties, uh, it will ensure that the contract is followed to the T. Right, and then there is another one the transparency, how much transparency you want, right, uh, into your code that is honest, and then how much intelligence. The reason intelligence mm-hmm. I say is certain languages are not as feature rich as other languages. If you're if you're writing your smart contracts and chain link, chain code or Golang or JavaScript, you can be more descriptive, you can put a lot of logic in it. But if you're using a language like Solidity, right, huh. it, it is a lot more hard to do a lot of things inside the virtual machine. So what they do is uh, they have a level two network that does some of the functionality, right? So it's a it's a parallel chain that does some of the extra work that you don't do on your blockchain, right? So those type of things also need to be considered when you're designing your makes 100 sense. Yeah, I mean
1: that's you know smart.
0: Roll. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, so the uh, smart contracts also play a role. And then and the last thing I want to do is when we talk about we talked about public and private, right? What if you neither of them is suitable for you? Right? Then you you have two other options. One is hybrid or integrated. What's the difference there? Help me out here. The difference there is... Yeah, the difference there is about... When when I have... uh, uh, When the blockchain data, right? Everybody can see it. But only some people can change it. Okay? So... So then, then all nodes are, not all, not everybody right. is same. Right? Some people have extra permissions. Some of it is private. Only they can change it or they can say it. Then the rest is everybody. But everybody can access it. Right? They can change certain things. Okay? That is, uh, all the okay. nodes are public, but the data is somewhat private. Okay, so that is kind of a integrated network. Right? Everything is integrated, but some of the data is private. Okay. <clears throat> On the other hand, a hybrid okay. one is federated one is some of the nodes themselves are private. Right? And some are public nodes. You see what I'm saying? So the the private nodes are private they are not but they 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 can hmm. see everything but the public nodes can see the private nodes so when the nodes are private some of the nodes are private it's hybrid federated when some of the nodes can't see some of the data then it's integrated so at, at what level you are hmm. drawing that public private line So those are the things. And, uh, and before we wrap up, let me recap uh, what uh, our takeaways are for today. So basically what we're saying, Brian, is there is a application, there are general blockchain uh, platforms, and then there is blockchain technology stack, right? All three choices depend on the type of users, the type of users we need. And there are five main considerations for choosing one of these, depending on the use case, right? The degree of centralization, the type of end users, machines, people, where they are, right? Uh, The degree of customization, what type of token economics we need, right? And the speed of the transactions. And then how big, from a scaling perspective. So if we, these are the things that really help us decide and digging a little bit more deeper into these these things will help us decide. And what are the various choices that are out there? There are, there is Ethereum, which is basically easy, smart contracts, is open source, very flexible, more designed for public networks, right? When you can also put public and private networks. Then Amazon has its own solution, right, Uh, which is kind of both Ethereum and Hyperledger options are available. Uh, Hyperledger itself is an IBM open source which competes with Ethereum, Uh, but it's not a blockchain network per se, but it's a set of library and tools that you can build blockchain networks, right? And it's mostly designed for enterprise and it also supports Ethereum, right? Uh, It's most uh, suitable for decentralized apps, centralized apps. Then we also have Azure, Microsoft's version of uh, uh, blockchain as a service. Uh, That's kind of a very specific niche for Microsoft type of uh, users. And then there is a Coda, which is also an open source uh, most suitable for permission private networks. I think with those considerations, I think it's it's it makes it easy for us to choose a right, you know, blockchain platform. Yeah, no, it's it's.
1: Uh, I mean, I think again. What do you think, Brian? I think it's a. Uh, each company has to just be completely honest with themselves and what they what they're looking for, right? In terms of, uh, you know, hey scalability to uh do they want an open network do they want a private network you know what what do they want and um it really goes yeah it really goes back to what what a company is looking for and uh, you know the the big thing about like choose i I like to do a little reverse engineering as well like to see like okay well why did a company choose what they chose and when you do that you realize like this stuff is, even though it's new, companies were on board back in 2018 and 2019. I mean, that's already four and five years old, um, you know, like a Citibank or a Shell or Kroger, or Humana, you know, those type of those type of companies, as well as, you know, one of the biggest banks in the world, P&B. Um, so uh, it's really amazing to see what they're doing and how they're utilizing blockchain and, you know, hey, see what they're doing with it and then why they chose what they chose. That's I think that is a, a big thing as well.
0: Yeah, that, I think that would be a great exercise. That would be definitely a great exercise. So, some of the people mm-hmm. that yeah, I right. talked to Brian were mostly using Hyperledger, mm-hmm. right? So, most most of them that I they their default is Hyperledger because Ethereum is open source, right? It requires a lot of, and it's changing very fast. And Hyperledger comes with uh, IBM's brand behind it right? And they've been like really developing it for enterprise apps. They have a lot of tool set.
1: Yeah, correct. It's a, is, it's just uh, a, it's a big umbrella. You know, yes, there's a lot of a, a lot of different parts to Hyperledger. Right. That's why it's very, that's why it's
0: very popular. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Shiva, do you want to say something? <laughs>
2: I guess he has to unmute himself. So. So. Yeah, it was nice, uh, nice to uh, one as we day by day, we are getting more info on the uh, blockchain utility and other things. But also some of the test case where it can solve the current uh, problems, like small test case we have to talk and discuss that may be helpful. Like we are discussing on overall uh, utility like uh, benefits of the blockchain. Example like... Uh, I mentioned uh, previously this one, like uh, how this can help in the healthcare industry to get the HIPAA compliance and other compliance very fast than sure. compared to uh, traditional uh, systems. Yeah, there's uh, some kind of a small test case we can take and discuss more on that, how it's can more positive or more points compared to other things, yeah. That helpful. Yeah,
0: yeah true. Have you seen any uh, use cases? Maybe, you know, what would be good is if you pick a use case and then like what Brian was saying, hey, we take a situation and say, what is the right way? Or even go back to some of the use cases that people already built and why did they choose this platform? You know what I mean? What were their design criteria? What were their considerations?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely open to to doing some of those. I I love... uh, I mean, it really is amazing. What amazes me is the, all the the companies that have blockchain projects. I mean, it's, we think it's new and things are going, and it is relatively new. But a lot of these companies are a bit on board, and they're doing projects. So it's, it's pretty incredible.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I haven't seen a, a lot of uh, – Projects that are cross-industry, right? Like, like uh, remember, if if I say when I say cross-industry, Slack, for example. I, I'll give you Slack. Anybody can use Slack, right? Anybody can use, right? Why is there not an app like Slack on Web Three, right? So I'm not seeing more of those type of apps, but I'm seeing a lot. I'm hearing at least a lot of projects companies or groups of companies are doing together, right? Or or any industry specific apps that I'm seeing.
2: Yeah.
0: Not uh, consumer business to consumer apps that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Anyways, Brian, I think uh, we covered everything we wanted to today. Is it no? I'm all good. Uh, I'm all good. Thanks for your uh, you thanks support. for your insight. Yes, really appreciate it.
1: that. Uh, you know, I cleared a lot of things up, and uh, I liked it. Well,
0: what about you, Shiva? Yeah, so far, like all
2: the high level topics, are good. That's what I like. Cool. We can take some more it's good to be and discuss ongoing.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Okay, Shiva. Thank you. Bye, guys. Until next week.